0: Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting you'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Emily is a certified pediatric sleep consultant and birth doula helping families from pregnancy to preschool. She received her training through CPSM and Dona International. Emily's background is in education, and she has extensive experience with young children. After becoming a mom, her passion shifted from little ones to parents. As a mom who struggled in the postpartum period, she dove into researching ways to make pregnancy and parenthood empowering and positive. Emily has now supported countless families through their parenthood experience, whether that be in birth or coaching parents through sleep struggles. She loves to partner alongside her clients and meet them where they are, knowing every child and every situation is totally unique. Emily, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting with
1: you today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So before we get started, share a little bit about yourself. Uh, Maybe tell us about your background and why you decided to become a certified sleep consultant.
1: Um, So my background is actually in education. Um, I worked with special needs kiddos. Um, I probably did that for about three years before I decided to stay home with my boys. So I have two little boys. They are three and a half and one and a half, and I have another little boy on the way. Congrats! Um, (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Whenever I was had my first, um, I just found myself really struggling with mental health. When my husband went back to work, I felt like I was sitting in a rocking chair all day long and um, you know I loved holding my baby, but I like was felt like I was going crazy and I just really um became passionate about sleep in that moment. Um I just started um looking into stuff trying to find ways to like really enjoy the moments that he was awake and like be able to like do things for myself. Um so then with my second I implemented all that stuff I learned. Um and then my friends started having babies and people started reaching out to me like, "Okay, so how do I get them to sleep?" Um, and my husband was like, why don't you like do this? And I was like, is that like a thing people do? (laughs) Um, and then I kind of just started researching. I was interested in doula work as well. And I found Jane and she had like also worked with a lot of doulas. So I decided to take the leap and here I am. And I've been doing this since March, I think is when I started, um, And I've helped so many families and it's honestly just like such a blessing to know that people feel confident in reaching out to me and I feel confident in helping them.
0: I love that. I love that you took your sort of personal experience and turned it into a business, right? Like you had this, you had your own experience with struggling in those early stages of motherhood and the idea that the idea that you were able to come to a place where you're like, I want to help other moms through this stuff is just amazing. And I think that when you have true sort of passion and inspiration behind the work that you're doing, that's what ultimately leads to a thriving business.
1: Right. I totally agree. You want other moms to feel the freedom and motherhood that you feel because it isn't just this exhausting horrible thing with beautiful moments interwoven in. It like really can be like a restful, a fun experience. Um, Obviously there's still many, (laughs) many ups and downs, but just having people realize that it doesn't have to be the way it was when you're, really struggling. So
0: yeah, I I totally agree. One thing I hear all the time from both prospective sleep consultants and those that are just getting started is that they have this really intense fear that they won't be able to help their clients. I know this is something that you struggled with in the beginning. And so I want to unpack it with you today on the show. Can you walk us through your initial fear about this? Where was it coming from?
1: Right? I mean, just starting out, you just wonder, like, if people are going to reach out to me with different scenarios, like how am I going to be able to help? Like how, what, what if I'm not able to help? I think my fear stemmed from like, Oh, I'm going to be like charging for these services. And what if I can't deliver? And that just scared me because you know, my desire was to help. Um, of course, making money is a wonderful, um, thing that comes alongside it. Um, but I was just so nervous about that. I was nervous about like, what would I have to do if it didn't work out? And like, my ultimate goal was for the families to get better sleep and that's what I wanted. But can I get there? Um,
0: So that's, I love, kind of hold I like on. Can I interrupt at? you for a second? I love yeah. that. Like your ultimate goal is just to get parents the help that they need, yeah. you know, because I think a lot of people get into business and and sleep consulting is a business. People reach out to me all the time in search of a side hustle or in search of an entrepreneurial idea or journey. And when you get into any line of work, because you're like there to make the money, I think it's, it's a much more challenging journey, right? right? But here you are. And like, all you're worried about is not like, where am I going to make my next buck? But like, how can I be sure that I'm 100% going to help this family? Like Right that's an awesome place to be, honestly, like that, that's, then that's where the success, that's where the success comes from, I think.
1: Yeah, I I really do, too. Like, I think the fact that my ultimate goal was to help the families really led me to helping more families, um, because it really was not about the money. Obviously, that is awesome. And I like, I love that aspect of it now. And I've learned to value myself. Um, But in the beginning, it was like, really finding that confidence to place value on what I was doing and to realize that like I was earning what I was doing. So
0: I also think it positions you to take the best care of your clients, right? If all Mm -hmm. you want out of the situation is for your clients to have a win, then like you're going to show up at 100% and make sure that they get that win. And when you do that, then they get the win. They tell their friends and then you get more clients, right? It's
1: sort of like this snowball effect that really works to everybody's advantage. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not really on social media much yet and I don't have a website yet, but like my number one way that I am growing my business is word of mouth. And that's exactly how it happens
0: right? Because you're doing a good job, right? Like, you're actually helping people, you're actually changing lives. And when you do that, people tell the world, they, they sing your name from the rooftops, because you're out there making a difference in their life, which is huge. And, and now it all sort of makes sense, if I think about it, why you were so scared to (laughs) not be able to help them, right? Because your entire business is thriving, based on the fact that you're helping these families.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love it.
0: Um, one thing that I think is really unique about the work that we do is that every single situation is actually really similar, and yet each case has its own unique idiosyncrasies, right? I'm wondering if you remember the first case that ever like really threw you for a loop. Was there something that you, know, you got a call and you were like, oh, this is not something I typically help with or this feels a little out of my wheelhouse or I haven't had this type of case yet. Do you, Has that ever happened to you and how
1: did you handle it mentally? Um, so in the beginning when people reached out to me about older children, um, that was something that kind of threw me for a loop simply because I had sleep trained my um, oldest when he was little so we had never had issues with sleep. Um, I just hadn't like personally experienced issues with sleep at that age. So for me, I had the knowledge, I had learned about it, and I knew what to do. But it was just knowing that like, I hadn't seen it firsthand, um, that made me nervous about approaching it. So um, that was definitely the biggest, like, like, little step back I would take when I would get a call about an older kid, like, can I do this? Um, how am I going to do this? And just figuring out how to navigate that. But also, like, my background is working with kindergartners. So like, I have so much experience with that age of children. So I should have felt confident in it. It was just that I hadn't personally seen it firsthand.
0: You know, I had the exact same scenario come up when I started sleep consulting. Also, my kids were sort of, they were younger when I started my business. And I had established healthy sleep hygiene for them when they were three, four months old. I never had an 18 month old climbing out of a crib. I never had a three-year-old that wouldn't stay in bed. It was just nothing that I had any sort of personal experience with. And my very first client that ever hired me was a six and a half year old girl that wouldn't stay in her own bed at night. And I'm like, what is this? I like, I cannot, (laughs) this is totally outside of my wheelhouse. Right. And I was scared out of my mind, but I also desperately wanted to help her, you know, I desperately wanted to help this mom. And, and we did and we sort of like cracked the case and we made it happen. And we taught this little girl to sleep independently. And I will never forget it because that sort of gave me the guts to try new things and step outside of my comfort zone. And, you know, when I think about And then my second case was a little two year old that was climbing out of her crib. So it was sort of like, (laughs) another I was like, Oh, when I first got into this line of work, I thought I was going to be sleep training infants, because that's what I was good at. I even thought about only working with infants, I thought, like, maybe I'll just brand myself to work with babies, like, up to a year, you know, And, and not even work with older kids. And I'm so glad that I didn't, Take that route, because now the older kids are my favorite. I love working with yeah. you know three, four, five,
1: six year olds. It's really cool, like seeing the little kids build their confidence in their relationship with sleep. it's It's a neat experience because the babies can't talk about it, but the big the kids they can. I'm wondering if another thing that I came up with uh,
0: against in the beginning of my business was when I had sleep trained my own kids, I did it my way. I implemented, you know, a variation on the Ferber method. And that's what worked for me. That's what worked for my kids. It's what I was comfortable with. But I recognized that not every family was going to be comfortable to sleep train the way that I did in my own home. And I really wanted to be committed to supporting families in a way that aligned with their parenting style and felt safe and comfortable for them. And that meant I was going to need to coach them through methods that felt outside of my comfort zone. Did you experience that at all? Do you have sort of like your way of doing things in your own home, but then your clients maybe want something different? And are you comfortable coaching families using all different sorts of methods and techniques?
1: Um, Absolutely. You know, in the beginning, I like I always have this, you know, specific way that I I want the parents to choose a specific path, because the way I see is like the end goal. And I know, like, what's going to work the quickest, what's going to get them to the result they want the fastest. Um, So obviously I always have like this idea of the path I want them to take in my head. Um, But really just meeting parents where they're at, because, you know, most parents come to me and they don't want to hear crying and it's really not realistic, but I also like understand their feelings and like validate their feelings, but then like manage their expectations. Like we talk about a lot Um, and just Supporting them in whatever the best route is for them. So typically, like when I outline something for a family, I'm like, both of these options will work. I, I am telling you that I prefer this, but they will both work if you commit to it. Um, and just really like champion championing the families into believing in what they choose, like no matter what it is, and giving them realis- realistic expectations on what it's going to take to get to their end goal. So I have had families like take paths that I probably wouldn't. Um. But typically like that, they are very set up for success because they know what it's going to look like and they know, okay, this is going to take a little bit longer because I chose this method, but this is what I'm comfortable with. So,
0: but you ultimately have gotten yourself to a place where you still feel confident. You said with such conviction, like it will work no matter what. Right. Yeah. So you're at a place where you truly believe like I can help you regardless of how you choose to handle this, like this may be faster, this may work, this may be a more smooth process, but like, right, I can help you either way. And I think that that's a really, um, it's an amazing thing to be able to get to that place. Because if you're stuck in your own ways, and you only feel confident helping people in one way, I think that you're not really positioning yourself to support families in a way that they deserve to be supported. And then, you know, when you're coaching parents through methods that don't align with their parenting style, they're less likely to actually do the work, they're less likely to be successful, because they don't feel comfortable. So I think it's so important to be able to get to a place where you feel comfortable, even coaching parents through something that doesn't feel super comfortable, right?
1: Right. Because the big thing about this, and like, and me having confidence is I feel confident after I've talked to the family. If I don't feel super confident after I've talked to the family, like you kind of have to step back and like question if you're the right person to work with them because ultimately them being committed and you being committed is what's gonna get you to a successful result at the end.
0: Love that. Now that you're a bit more seasoned in your business, Do you feel like this fear is dissipating when you get a new client inquiry or somebody signs on to work with you? And maybe it's a a little bit of a tricky situation, something that doesn't quite fall in line with all the other cases that you work regularly. Uh, Do you still have that sort of fear, anxiety, nervous sense around working with them? Or are you really sort of at a place where you're feeling more confident and that you know that you'll be able to help?
1: Um, I'm at a place where I feel really confident. Uh, I do have families reach out to me for more um, unique scenarios now. Like I, I've had a few like special needs um, families reach out, or just like scenarios that I haven't um, that weren't stuff I would be all about tackling in the beginning. Um, So when they reach out to me, I just feel really confident that I can. uh, Even if we can't get them to a perfect, you know, quote unquote perfect place, I know I can get things better for them I know I can help them get to a place where things have greatly improved so just I always just tell families like really straight up like okay I feel really confident we can get to this place and then like is that something that they desire to get to that place um then then we work together and you know if if I don't feel as confident like I'm I'm very straight up with them like you know I I just tell them exactly how I feel um how you see we it can
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. One thing that's really helped me as I have taken on cases that feel outside of my comfort zone, and I'm going to give an example that maybe people listening wouldn't have thought of, but some people reach out to me and their babies are sleeping through the night. Like I get hired by people who have four month old (laughs) babies that are sleeping through the night and naps are hard. Right. Mm -hmm. And so part of me is like, but you have a four month old that's sleeping through the night. And you're hiring me because naps are hard, but like naps are developmentally appropriate, you know, short naps are developmentally appropriate, like four month olds don't always take beautiful 60 to 90 minute naps all day long, you know, am I really going to be able to help them to reach their goals, right? That's something that I still, I have fear about that, because like, I'm going up against something that's like, can I really fix this? Like, this is what four month olds do, you know, so I've sort of shifted my messaging and I've shifted my mindset around this. And what I will tell these parents is that sometimes it's less about fixing the problem and more about um, coming to terms with what it looks like to have a good day with your four month old. Right? So you know, what I will do is I'll spend two weeks with these moms, and yes, we will work on naps. We'll make sure that these babies are falling asleep independently. We'll make sure that they're at least trying to get back to sleep when they make wake up 35 minutes into a nap. But we're also going to talk about what it takes to make sure that that 12 hour span from seven o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night is a good day, right? That like baby is happy, mom is happy. Everybody's thriving. And and sometimes that means that we help them back to sleep mid nap. And I work really hard to show parents that, you know what, sometimes that's okay. You know, like you don't need to be a hardliner with your four month old at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Like a passy's okay, right? right? So I
1: I really think sometimes parents just need somebody to tell them that like what's happening is like really appropriate for their age or like whatever's going on is Is really not that big of a deal. And like, just to relax about it, because I think, you know, we try to control every situation, because sometimes being a parent, it feels like we can't control anything. So um, I think it's really helpful just for parents to know, like, you're not alone. It's okay that things are going like this. And like, just, again, managing what they expect their baby to do and what they expect to happen. Right.
0: I can think of a few families where I don't even know that I made such a drastic change with regard to their infant sleep. But I do feel like I made a drastic change with regard to their mental health surrounding mm-hmm. their infant sleep, right. And sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of what we do as sleep consultants is we provide empathy, support, we manage expectations. And and we're just there to, as you said, show them that like, just because it seems hard, it doesn't need to feel that hard. Like, it's okay to be okay with less than perfect sleep sometimes
1: yep exactly
0: i think that that i think that that's huge because you know for somebody who's thinking about getting into this line of work and and let's take our brains back to where we were before we got confident that we could actually help people like sometimes sometimes it's okay if you don't fix things the way that they're expecting you to fix them. Right. And rather than like trying to fix everything, sometimes we just if we can look at it from the perspective of like, I'm just going to help you have a better day. I'm going to help you to enjoy your baby more. um, That's huge. And that's not I don't think that's what people think of when they think of sleep consultants. But I know that that's how I approach it. And I know that that's I think that's how you approach it. And so many other CPSM grads are approaching this is like from a really holistic approach of like, I'm just going to help you enjoy parenthood more, you know, and hopefully that's going to involve some better sleep. But it's also going to involve you just getting to a place where you're okay with some variability to your day.
1: Exactly. Like when parents um, reach out to me, I, I always like hate when they are like, well, do I have to follow the schedule like this, 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 this? And I'm like, don't like stress so much about that. Like, I just want parents to realize like, it's not like all or nothing. And every nap doesn't have to be right on par with like exactly what I typed out. It's just like getting to a place where you can, you know, take a nap too, or you can watch a show or you can get some work done. Um, just getting to a place where you're enjoying parenthood and those moments that your baby is awake are happy for you and happy for them because they're well rested. Like that's my ultimate goal.
0: Are there any cases that you've ever turned away because you just didn't feel confident that you could help, or maybe you just weren't the right person for the job?
1: Um, So not necessarily. I've had parents reach out to me when I felt like it was too soon to sleep train and they were already doing a lot of the right things. And I just encouraged them and continuing the right things and reaching out to me um, when they did feel ready. But no, I have never turned anybody away. I feel like I've always felt confident I could help in some way um and just being honest about that. Like maybe maybe we don't get this to what you're imagining, but we get this to a better place. So I love that. pretty much how it's gone. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder
0: if worrying about not being able to help solve a child's problem should just be lumped with all other limiting beliefs that we face as entrepreneurs, right? Like yeah. can we worry about, are we gonna be able to help our clients? Are we gonna be able to even find clients? Are we gonna have time to work on our business? Um, how am I gonna be able to figure this all out? Would you agree? It's sort of all the same, right? It's no different. Yeah. It's just- Yeah, I mean,
1: we could, we could what if this experience to death? I mean, we just have to jump in at some point. And I think jumping in is what does give you the confidence. Right. If you, if you never
0: even try, Mm -hmm. I always say this, you know, people will talk to me about, I mean, we'll just use the example of becoming a sleep consultant. That's what this is all about. People will come to me all the time and they will, what if me all day long? What if this, what if that, you know, I don't think this, or I don't think that it's like, you know what? Like you're never going to have even a chance if you're saying no to yourself before you even get started. Right. Like you're counting yourself out before you even get in the game. And I think that that's true with sleep training. And I think it's true with entrepreneurship, right? Like we hear parents say all the time, my baby can't do this, or my daughter won't do this, or, Mm -hmm. you know, she'll cry for hours. I can't count how many times parents have told me that their children are going to cry for hours. And then literally, it's like, they're upset for eight minutes and they go to sleep, right? Yeah. Um, Does that not happen to you? Like all All the the time. It happens to me all the time. I love it,
1: honestly. I (laughs) love love it too. And they're
0: like, what kind of magic is this? And I'm like, it's not magic. It's just like you sitting on your hands for eight minutes and just listening and tuning in and, and paying attention. And I think that, you know, there's so many parallels between sleep training and entrepreneurship, right? For all those parents that are struggling and they don't even give their children an opportunity to try, or they don't even give themselves an opportunity to try. And they're just sort of like sunk into this deep, dark hole of things feeling really, really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's the same for entrepreneurship. You know, there's so many people out there that are wishing and wanting something better for themselves. And they're just too scared to even try. And the whole like, am I going to be able to help somebody? it's just it's just another i don't want to use the word excuse it's it's not that it's an excuse it's a limiting belief it's just something that's in your brain getting in the way of you getting out there and giving it your best shot
1: totally and you know i think people just need to like you know if you're not feeling super confident help a friend help some you know somebody that needs help help them and watch it work and then gain some confidence and help another family and then you know, find a paying client for the next time, like it, you just have to find the confidence somewhere. Because if you have this knowledge, like you can do it. I love that. Have you um, do you lean on
0: friends or colleagues, uh, whether it be the CPSM community or people outside of our community, uh, when you are struggling with limiting beliefs, whether it be about worrying that you're not going to be able to help people or other things related to your business?
1: Um, I definitely did early on in the business when I was struggling with all these thoughts. Like I, um, you know, I would read through our community and just see what other people were saying, you know, type in keywords just to see like, how are other people feeling? How are other people tackling these situations? Um, and just really helped me like get the ump to go for it and to really um, try this out. So I definitely leaned on other people. I think you have to um, at times. And then, you know, you feel the confidence to help other people when they have questions and whenever they're just starting out and to give them the confidence. Um, So I think it's a really um, beautiful thing to have a community around you. What are
0: your goals for the next, you know, whether it be six months, a year, do you have sort of like big aspirations or are you just sort of flying high, enjoying your work and seeing where it takes you?
1: You know, I think I am just kind of enjoying the work since I am pregnant. You know, I have a baby coming in March. So I don't want to set too high of goals for myself, but I'm really happy with how things are going. Really. My goal is just to be like a name in the community that people know um, they can reach out to. And um, people know they can tag me in a post when a mom's struggling or um, moms know they can refer my name like that. That's what I want. It's for people to know that I am somebody in the community they can reach out to, to help. So that's my goal over the next six months to a year. um, Just with everything going on in my life. But really just like to see things continue in the way that they're going. I love that. Uh, Before we wrap up, I know you said you don't have a
0: website yet, which I'm so glad that you said that, because that's another thing that people worry about is like, how am I going to make a website? Or do I have to pay someone to make me a website? And here you are with a thriving business and no website. So good for you. And thank you for sharing. But where (laughs) can people find you if they do want to reach out to you? Are you on social
1: media? Where... Where, where are you on the internet? Yes, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Emily Tingle LLC, um, or just Emily Tingle pediatric sleep consulting on Facebook. So, um, you can definitely reach me there and, um, I'd love to hear from anybody about with questions about the business or just questions about sleep in general. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me
0: and congrats on your early success in your business. I can't wait to see where things turn out and I will be following closely and cheering you along.
1: Thank you so much, Shane. It was great to be here.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe. This helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.